stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theatre. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Stop it now. I mean it. Hello and welcome. We are breaking up with RBS. This is episode number 22 and I'm Tani Sanabria. And I am JDK Winnikin. And we are here to debunk the junk once again this week. Uh, hi, Tawny. How are you? Hi, you look so tiny. Yeah, it, this is weird. <laughs> we had, we've, gone, we've had weeks and weeks of three people in the studio and now we're down to one. <laughs> It's weird. down to one down to one. So uh, for those of you who are watching on on our YouTube channel at Breaking Up with RBS, uh, you'll be able to see that Tawny is at home. Uh, just the way things work today necessitated that. So not a problem. Uh, I guess that is one of the wonders of this, right? This era we live in. We can do this. So anyway, um, yeah. So thank you to all of you for joining us once again. Uh, if you're listening on 106.9 Warm in Seattle, good morning. Thank you for joining us you're listening on your favorite podcast platform thanks so much for following us and uh, be sure to check out our facebook page at the same name uh facebook group i should say breaking up with our bs uh, for a lot of content in between uh, episodes uh latest news things like that so uh so tawny uh here we are no guests it's back to just the two of us isn't that a little strange I know, no guests. I miss them already, I, I think. Actually, <laughs> I, I was a little less nervous today with no guests. Yes, yes, that is yeah. notable. Uh, yeah, it's that was interesting. So so what, what was that like for you? We had guests for a while. We talked about parenting quite a bit. Um, anything that you noticed out of that that uh, came up for you? Well, what, first thing I noticed is you weren't able to talk as much <laughs> as you like so i noticed that part is there any judgment there i assume no i assume no and and, you know just just wondering what that was like for you no um just yeah just hearing from different from parents from different stages and phases of their parenthood Mm -hmm. uh just it's interesting dan and it's a way to to be in connection with each other to be able to talk about all of that so yeah what i noticed in what I noticed in all of it was the, the, the continuity, despite very, very different people. We talked to four different parents. A lot of the continuity of some of the stories that are there. Um, you know, it, 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 what it underscored to me was the very humanness of all of this, right? And even though I'm not a parent, there was, I was still able to relate to so much of it because it's really about stories, our emotional state, what matters, and about connection and relationship, right? So, yeah. I noticed that. So it wasn't, I didn't feel as out to sea as I thought I was going to, uh, for those conversations. So, so that felt pretty good. Um, so the other thing I noticed is that somewhere in there, we kind of came up with at the end of the show, when I kept asking you, what you have any advice for anybody or any homework for anybody? We just kind of fell into this thing of, you just kept saying, just notice, notice the stories. And it got me thinking, we might want to explain what noticing is (laughs) today. What do you think about that? Yeah, Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Because there really is a reason why I keep saying that, but it might, it might seem like sometimes I just keep saying it because I got nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Eric just tilted his head in here, by the way. He's like, yeah. (laughs) I called him out. Sorry, buddy. Uh, That's our engineer, everybody. Um, Okay. So where do you want to go? Let's explain what we mean by noticing because it is... 
it actually is a really big deal. We could probably spend show after show after show on this. But where's a good starting point to talk about what we mean by noticing and what we don't mean? Sure. Right. Um, Of course, we're probably feeling like we're noticing things all the time. Mm -hmm. We're noticing what time it is. We're noticing what we have to do next. We're noticing who's in the room with us. We're noticing um, our our, um, long list of to-do things, right? So, of course, we're paying attention and kind of engaged in our life in certain ways that are, you know, typically are habitual or or automatic, right? The noticing that we're talking about is the noticing more of what's going on for us internally or our senses, Mm. right? Noticing how um, we're reacting or responding to a particular experience that we're having or noticing what story or what thoughts pop up automatically about a particular experience that we're having. So it's, it's more of an internal-ish sort of noticing to start. Uh, I think, and I think that would be good for us to talk about. Okay, so for just as a hypothetical example, so say I'm, I'm sitting watching a program. You know, it could be the news, it could be a TV show, something like that. And I go in and I'm in a certain emotional state I'm interested in watching. And suddenly I notice in the midst of this that I'm getting worked up by what I'm seeing. Maybe my mood has shifted. Maybe I'm feeling anxiety, right, or you know, suddenly or irritable or something about that is happening. And I notice that change in feeling inside. Is that what you're talking about is noticing that? Right. Cause it can be so subtle. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we aren't noticing the subtle adjustments or experiences that we're having internally. And we're just, you know, wherever we are habitually, um, and, and so we, we can miss out on some pretty important information if we're just on automatic pilot. Like, like if you're watching a show and then you've got your phone out, you know, watching shows, scrolling, 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 right? What are you talking about? All right, go ahead. <laughs> and we're very rarely sort of like noticing kind of what's going on internally for us mm-hmm. as we're sort of in that space of, of watching and scrolling. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and then this happens from a relational side too, right? Like maybe in a, in a TV show is kind of passive, I suppose. But so like, say you're in a conversation with somebody and suddenly you notice you're getting worked up about something, right? Um, yeah. Noticing that shift would be another thing mm-hmm. and a pretty important thing, particularly if, you know, energy is getting up or whatever. Um, so that would be, yeah. that would be another example. Yes, it's another noticing that we don't have to necessarily analyze or make a problem out of, but -hmm. there's pretty good, important information if we're having a conversation with somebody and we notice our our body state shift. Okay. That's probably some pretty good information for us. And, And the noticing helps us to start to begin to increase awareness. Okay. And so let's, let's say that's happening. Notice that, notice that shift. Okay. You notice that something is dead. Then what? Right. So if we've talked about this a whole lot too, softening, right? So if I get to notice that I'm getting worked up in a particular conversation with somebody and I've been been practicing this noticing. So I know, Oh, here I am all of a sudden I'm like my heart race, heart rate is increasing. I have this kind of like 
you know, feeling in my stomach. I'm starting to like want to pounce on my next <laughs> statement, right? I could soften instead. Mm. I could go to that softening of my face, softening of my eyes, getting into my belly and letting this conversation take place from a softer, calmer state. And I might be able to actually listen with, with, be, with from an open place mm-hmm. that's going to help me to have a little more clarity probably. Right. And, and instead of waiting, listening for a person to stop talking so you can say what you want to say or, or judging what they're saying while they're saying it, you know, it, it, it's interesting. What comes up for me with that is this notion of what happens next is almost a form of curiosity. Like, not so much where it's coming from, because I guess that would get into analysis, right? Yeah. Um, that would be easy to do. But curious about, now that I'm aware that this is happening, and I soften, I get curious about what will happen once I do that. And like you, like you just said, suddenly I can be more present in that conversation, or aware of it. Because I know in a conversation, if I'm getting, if I'm getting worked up in a conversation with somebody I'm close to, that's imp- it's probably because something important is happening in my body as well as in this conversation to me somehow. It might feel threatening. You know, it might be kicking off that protection side of me. But I don't want to protect in a conversation with this person. I want to stay connected. And so is it that process then of, of getting present softening that allows us to stay in that connection rather than go into that protection right remember the softening allows for the safety system to start to kick on in the body mm-hmm. and whenever we feel threatened whether it's okay so i've got this sort of like thing that came up in a conversation it could be related to one of these bs stories that we've talked about or the shoulds that we've talked about it could be related to a lot of different we start then we get on on the hamster wheel of the story which ramps us up even further yeah if we soften into it we're less likely to get into the stories we're better able to kind of just dial things down a little bit to create a calmer state in the body which doesn't feel as threatening and then allows for connection to be maintained. Cause you could imagine if both people are doing that at the same time. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. The disconnect, that, that disconnect will happen right? in a situation. Right. Well, if people are both um, not in a safe safety system of their body, disconnection will definitely happen, but it only takes one person for disconnection right. to happen. Right. But if both people are softening into this conversation yeah. and and relaxing and, and calming their heart rate and getting into the relaxation response of the body. And both people are doing that at the same time. Can imagine that connection can be maintained for quite a while. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when, when you and I first started talking about this a couple of years ago, that was one of the first things you had me work on was in conversations to start breathing. You know, and as you pointed out at the beginning of the show, I I can talk (laughs) and I like to talk. So but what was interesting is in conversations, important conversations, I was finding it difficult sometimes to stay with them when I was when stories were getting kicked off or my my mood was changing. And you encouraged me to breathe and to soften. And that really has had an effect, a really positive effect. I've been able to really 
become much more present in my conversations. And I'm not the only person who would say that. I think there are several people who would say that's that's true. Um, what's interesting to me about that then, though, comes into that, and I've I've been guilty of this. So I'm, <laughs> so I get, I I notice, right? There's curiosity. I stay connected, maybe, and then maybe when the conversation's over, what did that all mean? What do I do? What happens next? Right? Analysis, suddenly, and I'm up in my head about what that all means. That would seem to me like because you don't say at the end of the show, notice and then analyze everybody, notice and figure it out. You just say notice, which makes it sound like you're saying just stay in notice. And if that's the place, how do we explain? to people that that's a good thing and how to do that. Cause I, it seems, it seems so fundamental to me that I had to do something with that. Right. So let me ask you a question okay. thinking about one of these conversations that might've been <laughs> challenging. Okay. Um, what do you need to figure out afterwards? For me, it, it falls back into that. I want to know what's going to happen next. Yeah. Yeah, I want to know what's going to happen next. Like, how's the, when's the next conversation going to happen? Do I need to clean something up? Is that person going to apologize or come back around or, or, or whatever? Or should I be mad? Or should I, you know, worst case, should I stop talking to this person anymore? Or, you know, all of a sudden, it's I want to know what I'm supposed to do next. And so you might have been able to stay present in the conversation, but then when, by with that scenario you shared, then you get out of conversation and you're right out of presence. <laughs> you're right into future thinking and forecasting and trying to control something that isn't even controllable. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that, right? It's, it's not controllable and uh, you know, and for me, a lot of the the work or the, the presence, the awareness has had to be, okay, that's how the conversation went. That's how it went. And now mm-hmm. this is where things are. So, you know, so, you know, and I don't mean to make this sound like I spend my entire life in volatile conversations with people <laughs> because I really don't. I really don't. Uh, you know, it's just... It's just those are the examples that are most prominent to me is is those are the things that get kicked up the most in relationships is when there's difficulty. So so because then what happens to me and I'm wondering if people out there can relate to this is that I can start analyzing so much that all of a sudden not only am I not present, but I'm paralyzed. Yeah. Paralysis by analysis, trying to figure out all these different threads. And then I'm spinning up story after story. And having them, you know, and then fake conversations in my head with that person. Like the next time I talk to him, this is how it's going to go. And how am I going to feel? And suddenly before I know it, I'm having emotional responses to conversations and events that aren't even happening. Right. Right. You just spun yourself up into a a state (laughs) that's not even actually happening right now. Right. And, and, you know, and so then, you know, I think about how often, how once upon a time that was, that was my constant state. It's exhausting to think back on it. Uh, But then also no wonder when we, when we feel overwhelmed, when anxiety gets going, you know, that we feel so awful and we want relief and we want explanations and we want answers and we want treatment. We want all these things when that's kind of the point of why we started this was that it's those stories about all those things 
that are jamming us up, you know? And so, so essentially what you're saying and what we're talking about is you notice, you get present, right? By softening, breathing, getting into the belly, and then watch what happens. And then stay there and not, <laughs> don't have to analyze it. Now, what do you say to somebody who, who, well, what did you say to me? When I said to you, whoa, I feel like I'm leaving out a step. How do I const- How do I stay in that space of just noticing? Noticing. Okay, now what? I noticed. Like you know, now it turns out I, I will give it the, the I will give the back end away a little bit. Um, it works because things happen anyway, right? Yeah. Well, if we are moment to moment to moment to moment beings, because that's really what we are. Like right. this. This, this conversation that we're having is going to be 27 minutes long mm-hmm. and minute to minute to minute to minute. We, we don't know what minute 21 is going to look like when we're in minute five. Correct. We don't even think about minute 21 when we're in minute five. Mm-hmm. So here we are rolling along in our lives moment to moment to moment. And we're noticing this moment and the next moment. And the next moment, right? So we we don't have time sometimes to worry about the how to do something in the future because we're at the next moment already. Mm. Just notice the next moment, mm. right? Be here now, moment to moment. You're going to know how if there's a need for how to do this or what to do next in this moment. You're going to know it because you're noticing what this moment is presenting to you. Right. And if that moment is saying, oh, yeah, this is the moment to get that one thing done, right? Or even something's based time for you to go to work, right? Or it's, you know, that type of thing. You're going to know it, right? So what it, what it seems to disconnect is that part of us that makes up stories about how something should be or how we want it to be or the outcome we want to force to happen. It gets us out of that. And my experience has been when those things are out of the way, a lot of those things take care of themselves without all the worry, without all the storytelling. That's kind of just generally how it works, it seems like. Right. Moments do take care of themselves. When I was much younger, if I had um, anything to do later in the day, I would spend the whole day thinking about what I needed to do later in the day, right? Like there was just this perpetual, like, oh, I don't have that thing done yet. I still have that thing. And so I'm continuing to think about that thing that I still need to get done by the end of the day, or, you know, whether it's an appointment or, you know, go to work or I don't, whatever it might be, right? So how much time I would spend thinking about something that wasn't here yet, that didn't allow me to be in what was here right now. Oh, man. Now, I don't, I mean, I, I, with with practice, I, I don't even worry about, <laughs> you know, maybe it's not always a good thing, but um, I haven't forgotten much, but I don't even give it a thought except to make, you know, do, you know, pack my lunch or something in mm-hmm. my need, like, right, to prepare in that way. But I am not at all with the stories in my head around what I have to do later or what I have to do other than this moment right now. And it's freeing. It is so freeing. 
It is. And uh, how would you explain, because I think this matters too, how would you explain then that this isn't about not having goals or not preparing ahead? Because, you know, we all have those goals. We all have those things we need to do. We all have plans to make. We all have, you know, dreams we want to pursue or whatever. How, what's the relationship there? How would you describe that in case somebody's going, how can you be moment to moment and shoot for anything, right? Or plan for anything. Absolutely. Okay. So let's see, let's see if we've got some time on this. What would be a goal real quick? Do you have a goal? Do you have an idea of a goal in mind? Do you want something big like publishing my book or do you want something small? Oh, publishing your book. Okay. Let's go for it. Publishing your book. You've got a big goal of publishing your book. Yeah. Okay. So there probably are certain things that you have to do to publish a book. Yes. There's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So first we kind of want to know those things. Right. Okay. Right. And, and, and so, you know, cause we're going to create some ways of being in moments mm-hmm. that will help support that. Okay. So you want me to list okay. some out what some of those are? Yeah. What, what would be a couple of those things that you would need to. Well, you have to, you have to, you have to write and write a introduction letter for yourself as well as for the, the story and address it to an agent or to a publisher, one or the other, um, yeah. and explain why they're a good fit and what, how, where your book fits and what's new about it, all those kinds of things. And you have to do that specific to each one, right? So you have to do that. You also have to um, kind of build an audience. You have to build presence for yourself on social media and things like that uh, and show that you know how to sell yourself and talk about things and things like that. But it's mainly a lot of researching, finding the right agents that you might be interested in or the right publishers, writing things up, getting them sent in. Uh, it's a lot of legwork in front of a computer and it's a lot of organizing. And it's and then then you have to sit and wait for answers. Some answers you get, some you don't. Um, a lot of rejections come in. And so you have to be, have to be ready for that. <laughs> you know, those, so, those, so those are some of the big ones. Right. So you've got a lot to work with, right? So if we just took one of those and, and you decided, okay, so I need to have some idea about what I want to, you know, we're going to make plans. Like when do we eat dinner? When do we wake up in the morning? When do we go to bed? Like our day is filled with sort of a structure, right? Mm. So when we want to hit a goal, there are certain things that we know we need to do for that goal. And we can certainly map those out, Mm -hmm. right? And, but when it's time for the goal, so say maybe we did a, 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 a particular time on a Monday that we were going to do some research as you were talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes what happens is we get to that that period of time on the Monday and we get, we, we, we get angsty. Yeah. That happens. That's happened to me. We, we, we don't, we don't really want to do it or we, we have some stories around it Mm -hmm. that kind of get in the way of us just sort of taking action on it at that period of time Mm -hmm. that we set up for ourselves. Right. We would want to notice that, but we don't necessarily have to have that dictate what we do next. Okay. Right. So when we're on automatic pilot, we would let that dictate what we do next. Ah, okay. When we start to notice, we start to see things more clearly and in real time. Oh, here I am. Here's the BS story that's popping up for me at three o'clock when I was actually wanting to get this done. Okay. So now I'm in reality. 
Now I'm in this moment and then I get to choose what I want to do next. But we're, we're clear as opposed to just on automatic pilot with our goals. Right. And I don't have to make it a problem that that's happened, that I'm feeling angsty and it could just be where it's at. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I think that's, that's certainly helpful. And thank you for that because I'm going to remember that because that's what happens to me is when, when stuff like that comes up or I'm not in a, I don't feel like I'm in the right space for it or. I forgot there was something else I needed to do, so I don't have time for that. I can turn it into a problem really quickly. Yes. And that makes it mm-hmm. less likely that I'm going to get back to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, we think we think if we make it a problem, we're going to be more likely to solve it. Not true. And it, actually, if we don't make it a problem, but we see clearly what's behind it, we're more likely to actually do something oh, about it. Wow. That was worth the whole half hour discussion just for that right there. We think, I know that's great. There it is. We think if we, if we turn something into a problem, we'll be better able to solve it. That is a huge BS story that I think all of us listening, certainly for me, <laughs> can probably connect with. Wow. Okay. That's great. Okay. See that that's really helpful. And I, and hopefully that's helpful to all of you uh, out there. Um, okay. Tony, we certainly can keep going on this and we'll, we'll pick up where we left off obviously next week. Um, speaking of book stuff, should I mention something to everybody here? Do you want to mention it? Do you want me to? Which one do you want to do? You go. You go. Me go. go. Our book go. project is underway, ladies and gentlemen. We started writing the book uh, that's going to go along with this podcast venture. We started it, um, and it we're, we're having fun so far. So just wanted you to know we're about six months or so into this whole thing. We decided it was time to start writing down our thoughts and our experiences and our ideas. And here we are. So we have started, everybody. We'll tell you more about that, how that goes. And Tawny's going to learn firsthand what it's like to try and publish a book. <laughs> so I'll know pretty soon. <laughs> coming up pretty soon. So, all right. Well, anyway, thank you. Thanks, Tawny. Good to see you. This worked out okay uh, from a distance. Great. And uh, thanks to all of you out there for uh, tuning in and listening to this episode of Breaking Up With RBS. Uh, certainly make sure you pick this up on your favorite podcast platform or on our YouTube channel. Visit our Facebook group and join it to get information in between. And uh, until next time, I am JDK Winnikin. Tawny, what do you want them to do? I want them to notice. (laughs) And now you know why. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. All right. Stop, stop, stop. I can't take it anymore. Oh, I do the live one too. Yes, I know. I saw your act in the theater. You're really quite good. Quite a certain harmful habit. Stop it now, I'm leaving. Yeah. I don't think he felt anything after the crash. Who's that, Janio? 